Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Beyond the Walls podcast. My name is Ben James. I'm your host. Today we're talking with Bo Adams. Bo is the pastor of Community Bible Church near Atlanta, Georgia. He is also an author. He has written a couple books, Stones of Gratitude and Seven Stupid Things. I'm really excited about speaking to him in regards to the seven stupid things. Uh, he's also an associate trainer for the Equip Leadership Movement, and he's taken time out of his schedule to talk to us today. We're thankful that he's done that, and we're thankful that you've taken some time out today to listen. So welcome to Beyond the Walls. We're here with Bo Adams. He is a pastor of Community Bible Church, like I said at the beginning. Bo, thanks for taking the time and joining us here today. Ben, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, good deal. Bo, uh, like I said, I've given a little bit of an intro as to who you are, what you do, and like I just said to you off air, you know, kind of took the dragnet approach to it of just the facts. So uh, if you would take a moment, tell our listeners a little bit about our, about yourself, uh, what you like, what you don't like, and all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be selective there, right? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, I, uh, uh, I've been a pastor at Community now. Um, uh, right at 29 years, and uh, uh, it all started way, way, way back. In fact, my father was uh, the founding pastor of the church, and, and oh, I wow. was kind of one of those uh, PKs who mm-hmm. uh, I was going to do anything but be a pastor, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, I tried uh, I tried everything else and, and uh, going my own way, doing my own thing, and and uh, it, it seems the Lord just had a grip on me. And uh, I tell you, it was a uh, I just remember. Uh, um, uh, just that that moment when uh, when he kind of uh, said, "Come on, you're mine," and uh, quit fighting it, and uh, I stepped into uh, saying, "Hey, whatever you want from me, Lord, I'll be glad to do that. I'm yours." And uh, wow, it's been an adventure since. Mm-hmm. Um, God's uh, God's really been working on me and in my life, and uh, and as a result, uh, I've been uh, I've been pastoring incredible church for for a good long while now, and uh, it's just a it's an exciting thing. Um, I, I, I really uh, sitting here today could go on and on bragging about uh, the church, the congregation, uh, who we are uh, here on the south side of Atlanta, and and uh, all that God's doing. Uh, it's just uh, absolutely amazing, and I, I think that really is uh, for most of us. Uh, who uh, finally say, yeah, Lord, uh, I'll, I'll do what you will. He takes us on an incredible adventure in our life. It's not always, uh, you know, perfect. It's not always uh, everything works out just the way we were hoping, but it definitely is an adventure, and we can always look back and go, wow, God, God's so good at, and, and blesses us through this all. Oh, amen. Well said. Well said. So I know that you spent a little bit of time in the youth world as a youth pastor. So yeah. here we'll, um, we'll just lead things off with this, a little bit of a youth activity. Um, tell our listeners one weird thing about you as an icebreaker because uh, you know every youth pastor's done this icebreaker game at some point oh oh man i tell you uh, that's uh, <laughs> i wasn't expecting this man <laughs> well let's you know, just go ahead and tell us and then if you wanted to edit uh, it out i can just pull it out man no man <laughs> that's okay um I, i'll tell you uh, uh 
one weird thing that my wife uh, uh, often says about me is uh, 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 drives her absolutely crazy <laughs> as of recent. Maybe it's because I'm just getting old, but uh, but uh, um, it's the snoring, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's the snoring, um, and uh, she she puts up with it. We've been married almost 25 years now, but but uh, it's kind of one of those things where I felt like I kind of know I'm getting old. When uh, just the other day uh, we were sitting on the beach and down at our youth camp with all the teenagers down in Daytona Beach, and uh, uh, I'm laying there on the on the chair, and next thing you know. Um, I, f- I fall asleep, but what wakes me up is my own snoring. <laughs> and, uh, I've been there. I was like, whoa, been what was there. that noise? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I realized, man, you know, I might be hanging out with a lot of teenagers uh, here with the church, but I'm definitely one old dude uh, when, you, when I find my wake myself up with my own, my own snoring. Yeah, I understand. Been there, done that. Uh, so I can, <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. So now, Bo, you have written a, a couple books, one of which is Stones of Gratitude. Uh, the other is seven stupid things people do to mess up their lives. My my first question, pastor to pastor here, is how did you yeah. narrow that list down to seven? <laughs> wow, you know, that's funny. I get that I get that question a lot. Um, I, I was talking with a, a radio uh, show host Herman Cain the other day, and uh, he goes, "Come on now, you know there's a lot more than seven. <laughs> and he goes, "Because I've done them all," and I said, "Yeah, man, I know, I know. It's definitely not an exhaustive list." Um, but uh, here's the thing: when I when I started going through uh, the Book of Proverbs, uh, starts out really this father that's saying to uh, basically saying to his son, "Son, listen to me." And uh, and I noticed that uh, there are a lot of things we do, but there were uh, in the the, um, the themes that kept coming out over and over. Um, uh, a lot of emphasis were put on these seven things, and uh, certainly he addresses more in the Book of Proverbs. But these just over and over, you'd see him speak of it in, in this chapter, and then maybe two chapters later, then maybe four chapters later, he brings up that same theme again. And uh, so I just began to notice those seven particular things, and it was funny because you, you notice those seven things, you go, wow done that done that done that <laughs> and uh and, and in the same way you know i um i think i think you told me that your daughter's you're about to take her off uh mm-hmm. to college and, yeah. and i've been there man with both my kids and and uh you're, you're about to take them and send them off and and it's, it really kind of kind of is a father's heart where we want to sit our kids down and go let me just spare you some some pain let oh, me just yeah. spare you some suffering and here's where i was and here are some of the stupid things i've done and if you can uh, instead, just learn from my mistakes, <laughs> and then, yeah. then you'll be so much better for you. And that's really just what you want for your kids, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's just one of those that uh, let them learn from your mistakes. Um, absolutely. Yeah, that's for sure, man. Yeah. So, I, as as someone who writes a little bit myself, I've, I haven't authored authored any books yet, but I do enjoy writing. I find myself writing a lot from, especially leadership perspective, uh, of yeah. things that are going on currently, whether it's current in my life or someone that I'm leading or helping mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, counseling through something that's happening in their life. Did with, with what you've written so far and the way that you write, do you think that you know these you know your books so far have been done from you know um, really things that are going on from situations or are they more from an inspirational standpoint of what just kind of what God's downloading and pouring into you in the moment uh, I'd say yes to both okay yeah. um, certainly it's uh, 
Um, I, I think uh, what happens so often is we, we begin to go through these things, and, and we find out that God's allowing us to go through these things, and He's leading us through these things, but at the same time, as we listen, He will speak to us through these things so that we can learn. Absolutely. Um, I've just seen that in my life. Uh, you know, I, I wrote, you know, like I said, Seven Stupid Things uh, just a little while back, and uh and it really it came from some some situations with uh, my kids where my wife and I we're just we're just on our knees praying for our kids praying that uh, you know God will lead them God will guide them and uh, and and as you do that uh, for instance reading through the book of Proverbs it pops out at you this uh, what you would say inspiration there where it, it, here's another father just up and at that same place with his child and uh, and. So so that's where you've been. I think God's Spirit opens up our eyes, and He directs us and guides us in what to do and what to say. And uh, so, certainly, it's a, it, for me. It's 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 both. Mm-hmm. Okay. We um, as I was kind of preparing for this, I listened to you know a couple other podcast interviews that you had done, and we have some you know some some regularly you know pretty faithful listeners in your in your region, and one thing that that i heard you talking about is just kind of some of the the really cool ministry type stuff that your church does from the standpoint of uh you know kind of the exit ministries uh, that i heard oh, you yeah. talking about and then i don't know if it's still going on but the the gun range kind of stuff just yeah, yeah. um it, it seems like you guys are taking the approach of not necessarily you know all significant things happen here within the quote unquote temple but but you're you're actually striving to do you know to meet people where they are um, and where they're passionate can you speak to that a little bit Oh yeah, absolutely. That's uh, um, and I've always challenged our church um, to uh, uh, we we need people not to consider church as a place that we come and lock ourselves in and inside these four walls and and when we leave on Sunday we kind of leave it back there. The church is it has to be outside those walls um, and. Uh, I even uh, uh, this this the, the way we're structured. We have an in team, an up team, and an out team, and and we want to bring people in. Obviously, uh, we want people to hear the gospel. We want people to come in and worship, grow in their faith. But then also, uh, part of that is sending them out, and uh, the church has to be out, going out. Um, uh, our out team recently uh, came up with some T-shirts, and on the front of the T-shirt it says, uh, "My, uh, I got kicked out of my church." And uh, <laughs> I love and it. So yeah, people yeah. all all over going, "Tell me what happened. Tell me what happened <laughs> with that big T-shirt." And they're able to say, "Well, you know, uh, uh, the pastor has challenged us to go out," and uh, and so we're all and so it, it's definitely a conversation starter. You mentioned exit ministries. That's a that's a shirt they always wear to our exit ministries. When we say exit. Uh, it's it's actually referring to exits on the highways here around Atlanta, uh, 285, I-75. Uh, it began with an exit uh, exit number one on I-675. And uh, the reason it's called exit is because right off that exit, in some woods at that exit, uh, there's a homeless community of people. And, uh, and uh, we began to minister to these people, and we decided— you know, it, why, why don't we bring church to them hmm. and minister to them on Sundays? And that has branched in into other exit ministries, other places uh, here around Atlanta, where teams go out on Sunday mornings. They they set up. They um, they have music. They have somebody uh, speaking. 
They have food, um, clothing, all sorts of ways that they can minister to these people. And uh, it's just been amazing to see how that uh, that our church has uh, embraced this and gotten excited over this and uh, that, that we're going out outside the walls to, to do such as that. And that's, that's one area. Um, another exciting thing that's going on uh, here in our church, there's a businessman uh, whose name is Drew Sewell, and uh, he... Uh, uh, he uh, he uh, leads a large corporation here in the Atlanta area. One, he tells a story of one um, morning on his way to work where uh, a young girl crossed um, the street in front of his car early, early in the morning uh, and um, who uh, he, he quickly identified as being a part of a uh, prostitution here in Atlanta and uh, the sex trafficking that occurs uh, just in an enormous way. And uh, God just laid on his heart that uh, right there where his business is located uh, to uh, in the middle of what people, a lot of people would consider a rough section of town uh, to begin to put on a, uh, a party a couple of times a year where uh, um, all sorts of people come in for and do services, haircutting, um, dental, uh, just on and on, uh, food, uh, clothing for all those who are living on the streets, uh, for the those who are prostitutes, for the drug addicts, uh, for the homeless. And it's turned into something really, really large, where a lot of companies now are getting excited and being participating in this in addition to local churches. So uh, it's just another way where, where God leads us, and he leads us out, and we can be a ministry, we can be a light in this community he's called us to be. That's fantastic. That's that's wonderful, Pastor. Um, there is... Um you know, a little bit of I heard you kind of make a statement in another interview, and it uh, it very very close to you know something that's dear to my heart. Is I you know in in most of you know our American culture churches, uh, not all but the majority that there is um, I feel like there is a a culture that the lead pastor is the doer of all significant things. Uh, and, and I've always, I've always kind of held the, you know, the mindset of, Hey, if you want me to be the doer of all significant things, then all things are immediately eliminated from being significant because I can't, yeah. I can't do them all. Well, sounds like yeah, that's, point. yeah, that that's kind of what you're leading your congregation into. Um, do, do you see a, an embracing of that from your congregation and just them realizing that, hey, where I'm at is where God has planted me, and I don't have to have the position, the title, you know, all of that, oh, that, yeah. that we're really working towards that. Yes, that's that's uh, so important, isn't it? And um, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because uh, um, I think people hold uh, different views of, of pastors. Um, uh, and there is mm. a view where, where uh, and boy, I, tell you, I can't tell you how many times somebody comes up and, and uh, they say, man, must be great to only have to work on Sunday. Yeah, I know, and, man. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, there's these expectations that a lot of people have with the pastor that uh, he, he has to be the one who does the ministry at all, uh, uh, every moment of the, every day day and uh, that's simply not uh, biblical that's not what we find in scripture that's right. not uh, the church model that has been uh, given to us but uh, you know you know what's exciting is uh, when uh, and it happens on a regular basis somebody comes up and they say you know what I think we as a church need to be doing which oftentimes means pastor you need to get on this <laughs> um, it, and they'll, they'll have an idea 
and uh, and for me to say, wow, that sounds like a wonderful idea. When are you going to get yeah, it started? Yeah, exactly. And uh, and uh, first of all, there's that deer in the headlights look like, mm-hmm. wow, I wasn't expecting that. But then uh, you'll, you'll start to see there's certain people who will will it'll suddenly click in their mind. You know what? Maybe maybe it is for me. Maybe. God gave me that idea because he wants me uh, to, to take a step and begin to move with that. And man, isn't it amazing when, when somebody catches that and they begin to move in that direction and you see God do amazing things, uh, regardless of uh, uh, where, the, where they've been, that position that they might hold or that title. Um, and, and that's just a, that's, that's, that's the beauty of the church yeah. in motion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that that's, that's kind of a culture of fostering passions and ideas instead of having to be the you know the church being the originators of all ideas and all ministries Mm -hmm. it's like hey let's let's find out what you're passionate about uh, then let us help equip you to and and let us foster this gift and this passion that god has given you Uh, yeah 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 you're exactly right You work as a little bit of a of a leadership consultant. I see um, if if this is still accurate information. Uh, you're an associate trainer for a group, a leadership group called Equip. Is that correct? Yes. Um, uh, Equip was uh, actually John Maxwell's uh, uh, mission. Um, uh, group that he established years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, wow, let's see. Um, I first uh, started working with. Uh, 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 John and the Equip team. Uh, I'm thinking it's 11, 12 years ago, maybe now, uh, where uh, there's something called Million Leaders Mandate. Yes. And uh, we, uh, uh, for me, um, me and another uh, local leader, business leader here in Atlanta, uh, we went to England first and uh, spent some time there training pastors in England uh, and Wales, and uh, and then uh, we, uh, me and another leader from Milwaukee. Uh, Jeff Hughes. Uh, we together went to Brazil and uh, trained leaders after that. And since then, we've been to Portugal. And, and I was just back in England uh, this last uh, January uh, training some uh, leaders right in, in London. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's been exciting. It's been neat to see all over the world how that uh, uh, people are hungry for leadership material. They're hungry to learn, to grow, and uh, to be able to go and participate and be a part of that. And it's just an exciting thing to see. Going back to to the books that you've authored, and, and by the way, for the listeners out there, um, you can find these both of both of Pastor Bo's books in the Amazon store. We will have links to those in our show notes, and we'll also put some some links to uh, to Community Bible Church and what's going on. If you're in the Atlanta area and would like to check that out, we'll make sure that you have some links. That way, you can get in contact with them. But talk to talk to me a little bit, if you don't mind, about uh, the Stones of Gratitude. The message sure. that's contained in that book. Yeah, um, uh, Ben, you'll probably remember uh, the story in Scripture where uh, uh, Joshua is leading the children of Israel mm-hmm. um, into the Promised Land, and uh, as they get to the uh, Jordan River, uh, there's the miracle, the parting of the river. The people are walking across. God, God says something uh, to do something interesting. He says, "Go back, grab these stones," and. Uh, uh, out of out of the middle of, of the river and uh, stack them up and um, 
you begin to look at what's going on, what he, what, what he's doing here, uh, it's so that we will always remember, we will always know what God has done. And, and you can kind of imagine that uh, years later, there might be a father with his child, and they're near the Jordan River, and they see those stacked stones, and that child uh, says, what What are those there for? And, and they say, well, let me, let me tell you how good God has been to us. And uh, Stones of Gratitude really is uh, a- about um, each thing in our life to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to remember this and I'm going to thank God for this. And uh, um, we, we did this actually uh, in our church uh, several years ago. Uh, one Sunday we had a couple pallets, uh, river, rock, uh, river rock brought in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smooth river rock, and, and each family in the church took a stone uh, home with them, and they all begin to write on those stones what they're thankful for. And uh, then one Sunday, everybody brings them in, and and uh, you see them there in the church. But then we have them still to this day piled up uh, on the property of our church. And uh, um, you can imagine from time to time, there uh, parents driving in, the kids see the stones, and, and they might ask them. And they say, well, we have the stone there. And let me tell you what we wrote on a rock that we are thankful for. Uh, but the, what's surprising is in this book, uh, we focus on some things that uh, to be thankful for. Um, that uh, a lot of people would go, why would you be thankful for that? For instance, uh, at one point, we, we, we praise and thank God for uh, past difficulties that we've had in our life. And uh, there are a lot of people who go, man, I, I wish uh, I never had this tough time. This has been difficult. But, but to be able to see how that even some of those past difficulties, we can be thankful that God allowed them in our life because he was able to grow us up. He was able to use them in remarkable ways. And uh, so that really is uh, what Stones of Gratitude is all about. That's fantastic. I love that uh, the visual of having the stones there on the property. And not only is that a reminder to the person, you know, a powerful reminder um, of their gratitude, but also, like you said, that that talking point, that connection point with with friends, family members, people who see it. That just, yeah. See, I, I would imagine that would open some some pretty awesome doors of conversation. Um, yeah, and that is that's important. I think for families to to be able to talk like that and uh, to see that. Uh, how often do we find ourselves so plugged into our our uh, TVs, our cell phones, our, our radios uh, that we don't really spend time talking with our families and our kids um, about uh, these very important things in our life? And uh, so that's yeah, I think it's very healthy exercise right. for us. Absolutely, I can see in you just in our conversation here with you talking about the. It seems like there's there's an active level of the people of your church who are influential within the Atlanta area, within business, within maybe, you know, social settings, maybe political stuff. Um, How important do you think it is for us as a church and for the people of the church themselves to, to really settle into this, this fact of, you know, I can really make a difference from God where I am planted. Uh, we spoke about that a little bit earlier, but it, it seems like you all have some good wheels in motion there uh, w- within your community. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Atlanta, um, if you're familiar with it, we are a, uh, um, diverse city mm-hmm. and, um, 
Um, and, but what's interesting is uh, um, there are a lot of churches who are not, which are not so diverse in Atlanta, and uh, uh, there's still a lot of separation. Sometimes the separation comes uh, through uh, uh, racial separation. Sometimes mm-hmm. separation comes through political separation. Um, uh, sometimes it's through socioeconomic status. Uh, a lot of divisions, or, or simply traditional backgrounds of uh, uh, denominations, etc. Uh, but uh, you know, I. Believe leave our church, uh, we need to reflect uh, the culture in which we're living, not from the standpoint of we are being dominated, we are being directed, we are being uh, influenced uh, uh, in, in our beliefs by our culture, but we, we do reflect as far as the faces and the people in our culture, uh, which means that there are people in our congregation that are uniquely gifted to reach other people in the in this community. Mm-hmm. And so when, when our church... Uh, we have people from all different backgrounds. We have people from all different ethnicities. Um, I, I think the last time we took a poll, there were, were over 20 different uh, nationalities in our congregation. That's fantastic. Um, th- there's, uh, there's people, uh, political difference, obviously, uh, um, from one extreme to the other, uh, to those in the middle. But the beautiful thing is we all come together, and we come together in Jesus Christ. Uh, he is the unity. He is the bond. And it's in Christ then that we are able to catch that vision. We're able to go out on that mission to the unique places that God has shaped each one of us, designed each one of us to be able to speak and to minister to. Uh, For instance, there are some places probably here in Atlanta that I could go and people would not listen to me um, for whatever reason. Maybe it's my background. Maybe it's because I'm a pastor's kid. Maybe it's because I grew up in the church. But there are other people in my church who can go and they have that voice there, they're to listen to, they can influence. And so when we challenge everybody in the church to go out of the church to be that witness, then uh, we begin to see God do amazing things, His Spirit, through those unique personalities. Beginning of this year, we did did, uh, something that we call 936. And uh, it kind of looks like uh, we have the magnets on the back of our cars. It kind of looks like all those, you know, when people run a bunch of miles and they yeah. put 26.2 or 13.1. We did 936. And uh, and what 936 is simply comes from Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, where Jesus, he looks out and he sees these people people having uh, as having uh, uh, as being sheep with no shepherd. And uh, and uh, that he says, pray the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers. And uh, and so that's been our mission. That's something we took up at uh, the beginning of this year for this year, uh, that 936 uh, mission mindset where each person is called to be a minister in their unique way, whether it's in a business, it's in a, uh, a group that meets at Starbucks for coffee, it's wherever it is. Uh, a group that rides motorcycles together, and wherever it is that God has gifted you, God has called you, you go be the minister to that place. And so that's thrilling. That's exciting. And man, if the church catches that and sees that and we do that, can you imagine how God is going to be able to move here in this generation, in this country at this time? Yeah, that's that's energizing, Pastor. That's, that's good stuff. Like you said, exciting, thrilling. Uh, type of stuff. So as we as we wrap up here, is there is there anything that uh, that we didn't cover that we didn't talk about that you would you would like our listeners to know about? Maybe what 
what's next coming up with you or anything like that? And I, I, I really appreciate uh, you talking about these books. That was great. Um, uh, just a real blessing for me. Uh, I, as far as coming up, um, right now I'm working on uh, a book. Um, not sure uh, when this will be released, uh, but it's called Restoration. It talks about the rest that we need in our hurried, fast-paced, stressed-out lives. And uh, it's really coming from Psalms 23. Um, uh, so many people know this. Obviously, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. makes me lie down in green pastures. And just about the how he leads us, how he guides us, how he brings that rest, that true rest for our souls. And, and, uh, and I, I strongly believe that when uh, there is healing in our souls, when there's rest in our souls, then we begin to see how that works out into every other area of our life. And so so that's that's uh, coming up, and uh, um, I'll be excited when we're able to get that out, and, and uh, hopefully it'll make a difference in, in a lot of people's lives. Absolutely. Sounds great. And maybe if you would be willing when that comes out, we can have you back on here and, and talk about that book a little bit if you'd like to. Oh, that'd be great, Ben. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks thanks again so much for having me here. Hey, no, no problem. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you taking the time and joining us. Thanks, Ben. Goodbye. Right. Bye-bye.